Welcome back. It's the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. That is Zach Heilprin. We're in for Bill today and tomorrow. 877-867-1670. Can take your calls. So ESPN's Adam Rittenberg put out a good article the other day. Uh, We're switching gears a little bit here, talking about the Badgers. He was talking about the second-year breakouts, the stars in the sport entering their second year in college. One of them is obviously Wisconsin's Braylon Allen. Now, we're talking a little bit ago about what he could do in the passing game and what he maybe has worked on, or is it just an overall camp cliche of getting the running backs the ball in the passing game? Also in honor of James White, who just recently retired from the NFL. Now, in the article, there was a little blurb that caught my eye when I was reading it earlier today. Here's how it reads. It says, before Braylon Allen got to campus, he texted Coach Paul Christ claiming dibs on the jersey number zero. Quote, I knew you could wear, wear zero now because nobody here had worn it, said Allen. The thought process behind it was to be the first and the last to wear it at Wisconsin. Upon seeing Allen's text, Chris hit the, quote, like button. Quote, I liked where he was coming from. I bought it, Chris said. It fits him well right now. One of the questions I had was, are you putting your mark on yourself because you've got to own it. I think he has embraced that. First of all, stellar Chris quote. Uh, I liked where he was coming from. I bought it. But uh, the sentence there to focus on is, upon seeing Allen's text, Chris hit the like button. Zach, in my understanding, at least originally, the like button was only possible on an iPhone. Right. And that's, I, honestly, I believe that. I don't, I don't know anybody that has an Android. So I, I, I couldn't. Bill Michaels has an Android. All right. Well, we, we, we need to call him and ask him uh, whether he's ever hit that like button. Maybe I'll have to go through our text and see if he, has he ever hit the could you, has he ever hit the like button with you? No, there is a group chat with myself, Bill and Mike Clemens for information when Mike comes on and press conferences and that stuff. And the thing is, when you're in a group chat with someone with an Android, when it's green. Yeah. Uh, you as an iPhone person, instead of a message and then you see the blue or the gray like above it when you like a message yep. in this group chat it sends as a new text for instance I've, yep no same thing has happened yeah mike will like or uh mike will like one of bill's messages that he sends but then it'll send mike liked quote and then it's the same text right so because that's if one person in the group has a android yes if everybody uh, else has an iphone it's it's fine but if one person in there has an android it does that so uh, I put a Twitter poll up at Ben Z. Kenny. Is Paul Christ an Android or an iPhone guy? And the votes are already piling in. Uh, <laughs> 26 votes in. 73% say Android. I've gotten some good responses. Uh, one says neither. He has been using a flip phone from 2003. Another person said flip phone. Someone quote tweeted it and said Blackberry guy. I guess someone with an Android has to let me know whether you can like a message or is this a completely fabricated story from Adam Rittenberg, a part of it with him hitting the like button. Are you questioning Adam Rittenberg's journalism right now? I might be. Are you questioning it? I, we need to get Paul Christ you on li- the line. You, li- you, li- you literally, literally quote tweeted it this morning and said how great it was. And now you're questioning whether it's true or not. Uh, this yes, is, this is difficult for you right now. This is uh, difficult. Yes. Be careful. Big J, Be- Big J, Benny, uh, beat writer, Ben. No, 
Big J Benny. Big J Ben. That works as well. So uh, you can chime in if you want. I. What do you think he is? I think he's an Android guy. He doesn't strike me as an iPhone guy. It seems a little uh, too modern. Okay. So, but then again, maybe the recent Androids also. I, I'm picturing one of those Androids maybe that still flips up and has the keyboard. Yes. Like one of the phones and- I had when I was in eighth or ninth grade. I'm sure you as well in a little later point in life, given you're older than me. <laughs> But I, do you want, do you want to, uh, no one wants to get this. My first, my first cell phone, one of those old Nokias, those little block Nokias as a senior in high school. I had one of those. I didn't get a phone until I was in uh, a sophomore in high school, actually. Well, uh, I mean, like they weren't really a thing like to the masses until I was a senior yes, in high school. Yes. Uh, but could you like a message on that phone? Text messages back then cost like a dollar. Everyone, like it. You didn't send text messages back then. Yeah. I didn't actually get a text message plan until like 2010 because I wasn't a text message person. Doesn't really talk. I'm not really a talker either. Like we're we're going here, we're going there, fine, all that good stuff. Until uh, started dating this girl, and she was just texting all the time, and I got a bill for like 500 bucks. Ooh, and I was like for receiving the text, and then obviously texting back too, right? Like I didn't have a back then. It was like 2010. It's like text. There weren't, there weren't, I didn't have a texting plan because it just didn't make sense to me. Like, why would I get, uh, you know, all the texts you can have possible either way. The King has chimed in with one of those box phones with the big antenna. Yep. Satellite phone kind of vibe. Uh, it's, it's interesting. There also is the part there from the Rittenberg piece on ESPN about uh, it being a cool exchange with Alan saying, I wanted zero because I want to be the first and the last to ever wear it. Yeah. That's notable, especially that, you know, happened before because he came in. It says it in the piece as well. He came in as a freshman last year, not expecting to see the field given Malusi and Jalen Berger and he's young. But then things played out where he became a very big part and <laughs> broke out for lack of a better term. I mean, it helps that three guys, two guys got kicked off the team. I should say three guys got kicked off the team if you include Jalen Berger in that in that little mix. But uh, and then obviously Isaac Grendo getting hurt. I mean, there were, there were a lot of things that played into it, but Braylon definitely earned his time too, right? Like he earned his ability to get out there and, and play and show that he deserved to be out there and he's their best, he's the best running back they have. I just don't know how quickly it happens if he doesn't have all those other things happen, but it's kind of like Jonathan Taylor. Like Jonathan Taylor's a unique talent, but it, it took some injuries for him to like be able to show it. Yeah. Um, he showed it and they were like, all right, I, he's pretty good. He's going to play a lot. Braylon able to do the same thing. JT had actually played a ton of running back in his career. Braylon, not so much. Yeah, I, I remember covering or following his high school career because he played in that spring before coming to Wisconsin and playing in the fall. Yeah, so last, it was last April. Yeah, which is crazy <laughs> to think about. The years have been all messed up with, yeah. uh, in terms of just thought process with COVID. But yeah, I, I remember following just how ridiculous his stats were because everyone raved about four-star safety uh, safety linebacker hybrid could play either. But then you look at his running stats and it was yards per carry 18. Yeah. He was like Derrick Henry type stuff. Yeah. He was insane running uh, there in Fond du Lac. So I, cool bit. I, I urge everyone to read the article. I, I do wonder though, how accurate it is. If Chris has an iPhone, then I'm just wrong, but I, I would, I, I'm going to get an answer on this. How can we or get to attempt, the bottom? I'm going to attempt this? to get an answer on it. Well, we can't ask him. I'm not going to ask him. I'll ask her. I'll ask around. Okay. See if I can't get an answer. I feel like this is something we could try to do live on the air and send some DMs out. 
and see if we get anything back. Uh, maybe I will. That, that's probably a, a little less professional. I feel like someone has to have seen him on a phone. I've never seen him on a phone. Ever. I, I know people that have seen him on a phone. Okay. And yes. So I'm sure that they know. Okay. Whether they'll tell me or not, completely different thing, but I can ask. I have gotten some other uh, responses that all point. Uh, my buddy Asher Lowe says, Razor Sharp, that, that flip yeah. phone. Uh, another M- says, multiple. flip phone, think the Nokia brick. So everyone seems to be on the same page. 100 votes in. 66% say Android. 35, 34% say iPhone. Was it Moto Razor? I don't know. That might have been. I, I didn't have Hello, one of Moto. Is that, that's not the one. That, that's not that. It might be. Okay. I don't know. I'm getting a very, uh, very limited. I'm getting pictures of flip phones. Yeah. In my mentions. Yes. About what he has. So interesting stuff. 877-867-1670. You want to chime in on that? You can. Uh, but getting back to the Badgers as a whole and Braylon's maybe potential uh, addition to the pass game, if he can develop that part of his game this year, there's also the wide receiver room. Now, all of the camp talk. And we'll talk about this more coming up tonight, 6-7, to seven, Kenny and Heilprin, Badger talk. Uh, Skyler Bell, he is the name that has been popping everywhere coming out of camp. When Wisconsin posts a video on Twitter of a wide receiver making a one-handed catch, it leads a lot of people to have a, uh, a reaction of, oh, my goodness, could Wisconsin finally have a playmaker, a wide receiver? Forgetting that they had one three years ago in Quintus Cephas. And two, forgetting who they already have on the roster. My first reaction to seeing the Skylar Bell stuff is one, uh, some national people have run with it, or at least there were a lot in the quote tweets of more national guys saying, Oh wow, this could be dangerous. Wisconsin could have a a playmaker at receiver and an explosive downfield pass game. Number one, if if anybody, they have Chimray DK already on the roster. That was my first thought. Number two, if bell breaks out, then you have playmakers at the position, multiple three, in terms of the downfield pass game, until Graham Mertz shows an ability to do it, I won't believe that it'll be there. I don't even know if that was downfield pass either, right? That one wasn't. And it was and it wasn't in it wasn't real. It wasn't real football. It was seven on seven. It was Skelly. But I so I'm not gonna make a ton of the pass, right? Some people said it was it was inaccurate. <laughs> what? I just, I love overreacting to those videos, but the uh, nitpicking, the specific throws when you don't even see the whole play or I can't even tell where they are on the field there because yeah. it flips around. You see Chimray DK running down the sideline. It's clearly in the end zone. It seemed like a, like a five yard. Well, oh, you mean how long the pass was? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like probably like a 10, 15 yard yeah. pass, but anyway, it doesn't really like it wasn't, that's not real football it was seven on seven. People were criticizing the pass, though, like it was it was not accurate, as if Justin <laughs> Clark wasn't hanging right on the back of Skylar Bell. Uh, like, kind of, you kind of had to put the ball out in front of him. Either way, um, th- there are. I mean, that's what you do. And this is it's not necessarily preseason esque overreaction. It's even worse. Oh, it's, it's so much worse because we don't see it's anything. Fall camp overreaction off one play. Like, it'd be one thing if like. And Skylar Bell had a great day when we got to see him in camp the other day, had a couple of great catches and a great touchdown. So like maybe he's doing this every time, but it was one play. And then later in the day, you had (laughs) the staff putting out a tweet with three plays where the defense came out on top and you could make an argument. And there are some out there making an argument that it was like three drops from the wide receivers. So like (laughs) there are, it goes both ways. That said, Skylar Bell, ton of talent. A ton of talent, very athletic, 
attacks the ball, like goes and gets it, goes up high and gets it. He's, he's, he can certainly jump out the building. Like there are a lot of good things to like about him that we've seen so far, but it's, it's very early. It's very early. But so I, big fan, big fan. My big reaction to all of this, when it comes to that explosive passing game, when I've said, in, when you talk about the ceiling of what this team can achieve, they will still, in my eyes, be able to beat the, as they do, they'll be able to beat the inferior rosters. They'll be able to hang with the superior rosters. They'll maybe not beat them like we've seen them do with Ohio State in the past. Yet the one big difference that this team is going to need from what we've seen from years past is the explosive passing game and downfield passing game has to amount to something. And it makes me feel good that there apparently could be two wide receivers there in that regard. Last year, you could argue that Ferguson and maybe Chimera DK uh, gave that threat, though they weren't able to capitalize on it at all, really, because Mertz couldn't really throw accurately down the field. But when you look at the one difference that this team needs to find uh, to differentiate them from the last two years and even go back a little more is if they can find some explosiveness in the passing game, then you talk about the ceiling maybe changing a little bit. So, I mean, it's it's good that we're getting reports of a young wide receiver in a room that lost a lot of its production. Uh, it's good that we're getting reports that he's looked good and, and could break out. But I, to me, it's still, and this is a very cop-out thing when I react to this is, the quarterback, what can he do? And then if he can actually get him the ball, then great. Like we've talked about guys that are going to break out. I've liked Keontes Lewis, and I, I see him maybe as, as a big-time threat on the outside there. But at the end of the day, when we drafted our teams, if you will, of breakouts, I said, if Keontes Lewis runs open four yards past a defender and Mertz isn't able to connect with him, I should get points for it being a Lewis breakout, though it's not going to show up on the stat sheet. It's one of those deals where it all comes back to what Mertz does. It does, it all, but it also needs. You also have to have guys make plays for him too. When he puts the ball in a, in a close area, like Jack Cohn threw the ball, just threw the ball up to Quintez Hevis a bunch in 2019, and he was able to make uh, plays off of it. Right. It kind of felt like Merch threw the ball up in a way to Pryor and da- and Danny Davis last year, but it always felt like those 50-50 balls were more 30-70 in the wrong direction. Yeah, but that's because those guys were not Quintez Hevis. When Quintess, when he threw the ball to Quintess Sivovs, and Jack Cohn just did that. I mean, he was just throwing pop flies the entire time down the field and, and hoping because he had, you're, you're not reacting to this way that I, that I need you to. Jack Cohn put the ball where he say, needed. Say whatever you want Jack about Cone, Jack Cohn. Jack Cohn needed, Jack Cone put the ball in some good places, but Quintess Sivovs made him look very, very good. That's Indianapolis Colts quarterback, Jack Cohn. Undrafted free agent, <laughs> Indianapolis quarterback, Jack Cohn. But no, I... Until Graham Mertz can show it on a consistent basis, no one's going to believe it. And so, yes, does it matter what Skylar Bell is doing right now? I think it does. Does it matter what Chimray Dike is doing right now? Yeah, I think it does. But in when it comes to the games, that's when people outside of the program are going to be like, all right, well, let's see it on a Saturday. Let's see it when it actually matters against a team that actually matters. And for the most part, just hasn't been able to get it done. Yep. Which, good news to start. The Ohio State game looms large to start the Big Ten season. I think in this regard, it's good that they have three more cupcake out of conference games to start this year. Cause last year they were just right into the fire Penn state week one with a good defense and NFL talent in the secondary. Then they get the one cupcake, but then it's Notre Dame. Then it's Michigan where they were just thrown into uh, the craziness that was 
both the in-conference and out-of-conference schedule in terms of good defenses they played. This year, playing three cupcakes, maybe that could create confidence going into the after-Ohio State times. Is it is Washington State a cupcake? I think they are, roster-wise. They have a terrific quarterback in Cameron Ward, but through the last couple of years, one of the things in college football that uh, shows you where a roster sits is if you have three different coaches in three years, you're not going to have as much development. You're going to have more turnover than uh, you would want on your roster. So they go from Mike Leach years ago, and then Nick Rolovich comes in. That was the guy with the whole vaccination thing. He ended up leaving. And now I forget the name of their coach now, but who, who just came in. This is his second year, but he still needs a little time to build up their roster. So Cameron Ward, their quarterback, is going to turn a lot of eyes this year. But I don't think roster-wise they can compete with the Badgers. So I would call that a cupcake, yes. I mean, they're, Wisconsin's already like 14.5-point favorites, 15.5. So that kind of classifies a more cupcakey game. Jake Dickert. Jake Dickert, right. 877. <laughs> right, yeah, 867-1670. I, I knew the name. It just wasn't on the on the top of my head. Uh, at Ben Z. Kenny on Twitter, is Paul Christ an, an Android guy or an iPhone guy? 67% say Android. At this point, I have gotten more responses. Uh, Rob Reichel, uh, friend of the show, constant guest says flip phone. Another says, uh, are we sure he doesn't have an old fashioned Blackberry? So a lot of people are thinking along these lines. Somehow there's still 33% that have voted iPhone. I just I when he liked the message, this is a mystery we need to have solved of whether he did it on an iPhone or if he has an iPhone, I think there's a great chance. It's like an iPhone six, like go back seven, eight years. So much, yeah, it's, it's, it's a new generation. It's an old generation. Yeah. Old generation iPhone. One that still has the home button. Which would be nice. Sometimes. May, maybe even has the, the circle with the square, like way back when, Yes, as opposed to the, the old one that was more touchy. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it was before even they became boxes when it was the more rounded circle iPhones. Sure. Maybe that's the one he has. Maybe it has the liking uh, capabilities. I don't know. Uh, 877-867-1670. We're going to step away here, take a quick break. More of the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. He's Zach Heilprin. Coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it. Welcome back. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Zach Heilprin. 877-867-1670. He's on Twitter at Zach Heilprin. I'm at Ben Z. Kenny. Nobody has tried to guess the middle name yet. I figure people have given up, which will not lead me to tell you what it is. However, I have gotten some information on it. It is a main name. It is five letters, and it's from Russia. Uh, it might be from Russia. It's uh, really hard to say. Uh, yes. So it's uh, something for folks to work on if uh, you're so inclined. I have guessed quite a few. that I didn't know how many names, five-letter names, last names that start with Z there are, especially uh, of the that certain, you know. Descent. Descent. But there are a ton of them. So, yeah, I feel like it's probably going to be unlikely to happen. But, hey, if you know, 
Give us a shout. Uh, Maybe I'll have to reach out to your dad. Well, I, you could easily do that. I'm sure he'll tell you. I'm that sure he would. Might too. ruin all the fun. Well, <laughs> not for me. My uh, my family. So today's the Packers' 103rd birthday, I believe. 1919. Yeah. So it is also my grandfather's 90th oh. birthday today. My, re- my family's out hanging out with him. Kenny or different last name? Novik. Novik is okay. the last name. Okay. Not my middle name. Clearly. No. No, that doesn't start with Z. That is the line. Uh, 877-867-1670. We're talking Badgers a little bit. Coming up at at 1 o'clock, half an hour, the biggest names in the Brewers race to win the NL Central. What are they? Are they on the Brewers, the Cardinals, whatever? The the people that will be the most important to that going down. Uh, Two of the more important names on the Wisconsin Badgers, we've talked about them, are Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi. Now, last segment, we're talking ESPN piece about Braylon Allen and second-year stars in college football said that he was texting with Paul Christ, asked for the number zero originally. Christ gave it to him. Uh, Allen said he wanted to be the first and the last to wear it. Uh, Hence, he wanted to go have a legendary career and have it retired. And then Christ ended up hitting the like button on that message. Allegedly. 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 You're right. You have, you have called into question Adam Rittenberg's journalist's integrity here. Integrity here. Well, if someone calls in and tells me that you could like a message on an Android, then I will be inclined to believe this story more. Okay. Or if someone even better confirms that Paul Christ has an iPhone, then all of that is settled. So uh, if anyone knows anything, please call in. Please let me know. Uh, it's it's going to be something that bugs me for quite some time. It says, I mean, it says you can. It says you can on the Internet. But I think it's, yes. Allegedly. Again, I'm going to do my own research here. I'm going to get someone else to, to chime in and tell me. And I'll choose to believe them. How to like, yeah, I mean, yeah. How to like a text message in Android. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well. But you uh, can, apparently you can only, it's like selecting an emoji. Oh, so maybe like on Facebook you can. Yes, like I, that. But it's. It's different than like. I think it's different. I think so too. Yeah, I, I might call that like an upvote. Or whatever. Plus, you can even send just the big thumbs up. Yes. That's what a lot of Bill and my conversations on Facebook Messenger look like. That's what, uh, so like I would text back and forth, not text back, email back and forth uh, with Bo Ryan when I was trying to set up interviews with him. And he would. Flex? No, 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 <laughs> not at all. Like this, I don't have, I didn't have his phone number. So I was having to do the, do the email. Yeah. Um, the email. The email. So it's like he would send it back and like the, if we get everything figured out, he'd send me just back the, the generic Thumbs up, like the yellow generic yeah. thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be that route. I, I don't know. But if someone does, I would love to hear it. But speaking of the two guys that are important to this Wisconsin team, one's Braylon Allen. The other is Ches Malusi. Now, I spoke about this yesterday on the Wisco Sports Show a little bit. Malusi is a full go at uh, training camp after tearing his ACL against Rutgers. That is now nine months ago. He is a full go. I have said it is one of the things when we enter the season, maybe as we go through the season, that we'll look back on and say, oh, wait, this offseason, we probably did not talk enough about how important Malusi's return to the backfield, eventual return. Now we're learning it will be sooner rather than later. We are, we won't talk enough about how important that is. What was your, your first reaction to Malusi being healthy and what it could mean? So we got to watch him on... Monday, and it was kind of a wow. Like, that doesn't look like a dude that had a torn ACL nine months ago. 
right? What? You want you want to come out here and say that? No, you want to, I saw you, I saw your tweet the other day. You have to be careful here because some of the things I I'm starting to get excited about the offense. Okay, all right. Sorry. No, it's just a personal thing where maybe it's August 11th and this is the time of year but starting to talk myself into the offense yeah. a little bit. Practice was not padded. It was, you know, helmets, shorts, nothing, you know, like no contact there. But he didn't look a guy that had been dealing with an injury. And the same could go could be said for Isaac Rendo too. Isaac Rendo looked like the same guy that like when he's healthy, dude's got a burst that I think may be different than anybody else on the team. Like he's got that type of speed. He's got Jonathan Taylor type speed and and quickness. Um, but with Chez, you, you wanted to see what was going to happen because I think it's more of a mental thing to get over. And like I was expecting, you know, maybe a little bit of a hitch in the giddy up to an extent, and nothing. Nothing. And then so he uh, they they were in shoulder pads on Saturday and apparently got pretty physical. And then they were in pads on Tuesday today or this week for the first time. And he got knocked around a little bit more and he loved it. And like his knees fine, like he's feeling good. Now, can that continue? Can that? Does it matter right now how he feels? No, it matters how he feels on September 3rd. If he's still feeling as good as he right now, that has to make you feel pretty good. But I was re- very, very impressed with how he looked compared to where I thought he was going to look. He, so, he, he told us he was getting ready for September 3rd, right? I know, but even actually, I have the audio of, of his answer to that. But yeah, even he said that he, he had said that, but he didn't really mean it. Uh, where's the exact clip? Here it is. Uh, Malusi, a couple days ago, on already being full go after saying his goal was to be ready by September 3rd. When I was telling you guys that, I, you know, I was just kind of like just saying that. So, like, when I actually got to be able to play football, I was like, nah, like, this this is good. Like, I feel normal. and this, I'm, a, I'm a full go, full participant in fall camp. So, you know, honestly, I'm in a good spot. That was me laughing. That was my laugh. Like, because <laughs> uh, I, I asked him the question because I, he literally said, you know, September 3rd, that's where I want to be. That's what it's going to do. We talked about it in the spring. I'm like, this is not what I expected out of you when you were going to be, you know, taking part in fall camp. I wasn't expecting you to be full go like you are. And Paul Chris wasn't expecting him to be full go. And yet he is. Now, he he is a very nice compliment to Braylon Allen. He still averaged like 4.7 yards carry, which in college isn't necessarily like knocking it out of the park. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. All but right. so I, I just I'm adding that part in. Yes. It was a very it was a lot of tough yards, especially early in the season when he had to, when he ran for over 100 against Penn State, took him like 30 carries, but they needed him because they couldn't really do anything else in the pass game. Um, you know, there were times where he had breakout games where he you know was averaging over 5 yards carry, but there were some really tough sledding games in there early in the season, which isn't his fault. Which also to me at least is that was before Braylon Allen started to really play. It was before the offensive line started to to move some people, too. Mm-hmm. They did not move people in the first month of the season outside of Eastern Michigan. And the defense was good. But I pulled this up because Malusi is solid. He is a, I agree, a perfect compliment to Allen. I think Allen also compliments. Like the duo, they are both better when the other is also receiving carries. If they're both in the 18 to 20 carry range, Maybe Allen goes up to 21, 22. Malusi's at 15. So much better than Braylon Allen getting 28 to 30 carries uh, like he did down the stretch. For sure. Braylon, and the context of these games are different uh, given the defenses they played and other factors. But Braylon Allen, with a healthy Ches Malusi last year, seven games, 83 carries, 661 yards, six touchdowns, 
7.96 yards per carry. Allen, once Malusi went down, and those last four games were against Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota, then Arizona State. And we know he went off against Nebraska, Northwestern, because that's what those programs kind of are for Wisconsin running backs, uh, especially Nebraska. Allen, once Malusi went down, four games, 103 carries, 607 yards, a little bit under six yards per carry. So, I mean, a significant difference in yards per carry, obviously. But the biggest factor to me is when Malusi was healthy in there, he only carried it 11.8 times, and he looked stellar in that time. But then as time goes on, you see him wear down a little bit, and the season catches up to him. When Malusi went down, he touched the ball 26 times a game, and that's not sustainable. No, and to be fair, he wasn't really a part of the offense the first month of the season. Right, like he didn't actually. Break oh, I didn't it. include those games. Oh, okay, I was gonna say because he didn't really start actually touching the ball like extensive amount until Illinois. I started at Illinois. Okay, or no, I started against. He had a couple carries against Michigan. I included that game. Yeah, I wouldn't include that. Game. Okay, so even if you take that out, that only makes the numbers with Malusi better. Right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so he. It was a really good looking one-two combination, and I, I know people probably were like, "We want more Braylon Allen and less Chess Malusi." At, at times last year, certainly. Uh, but them against Purdue was a really, really nice one-two punch. Them against Rutgers until obviously got hurt was a really nice one-two punch. Them against Illinois, a nice one-two punch. That's what you want. And then maybe even have that third guy, whether it's Isaac Grindo or maybe it's Julius Davis, getting a carry or two here and there. But, uh, you know, in talking to Malusi the other day, he thinks all three of those guys, Malou- uh, him, Braylon Allen, Isaac Grindo, if they're healthy, and able to spell each other in the fourth quarter, it's a difference maker, especially if you put the ball in Isaac Rendo's hands in the fourth quarter and he's healthy and you're and all of a sudden he's got fresh legs and you're trying to track down a guy with that type of athleticism. It's got a chance to be a special group. Now, I don't know if it's best backfield in the country type of stuff, which is what Braylon Allen said, uh, or even on the level of what Monte Ball and James White and Melvin Gordon were, which is another thing that he I mean, we saw that picture, right? Like him comparing those two. Like, I don't know if it's at that level, but they have a chance to be a really, really good unit uh, if those guys stay healthy. I spoke about this for Mertz in the downfield passing game. It's also when you get those three more cupcake non-conference games, number one, you're going to get a fresher Allen and a fresher Malusi for the Big Ten season. But two, you really see what you get in Julius Davis even and Garendo, where you have those three games to ease the top guys in ease the offensive line in a little bit. And then you really hit the ground running with Ohio state, Illinois, Michigan state, the rest of that big 10 schedule, eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, 16, 70. We will talk about this more when we come back. It's Ben Kenny and Zach Heilprin in for bill Michaels. This is the bill Michaels show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. Welcome back in. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin here today. So, NFL preseason week one. There's a lot going on at the moment. Uh, Ian Rappaport, just recently on the Pat McAfee Show, Zach, what we were talking about earlier, uh, said, not surprising, but James White retired because he was dealing with an injury that just did not get better. Yeah, I mean, that was a pretty violent uh, injury that he had last year. To his hip, I yeah. think it was, right? 
I believe so. Uh, so that was the news. Rappaport also said, so a big story today, Tom Brady stepping away from the Bucks for family reasons for the next 10 days. I think August 20th is when they said he'd be back. Not completely sure, but Rappaport said, to my knowledge, Brady and his family are fine. It is not a medical emergency. The best description I got was, it is important to find a work-life balance. There's something shady going on there. Uh, I mean, thought number one is Brady comes back, unretires after, I mean, he... A few weeks having to... It, it was a few, a few weeks having to, after having to pick up his kids, like how to sit, <laughs> having to sit in that bus line and waiting to to pick up his kids. Like that was enough for him. He, he had to like, go no, grocery shopping. Not finally, doing not doing it. No normal person stuff. But I not to go through the whole timeline. But it was reported to you he was retiring. He said it was wrong. So maybe he he got retired and then unretired to spite Schefter and then actually retired and then actually unretired to come back to the Bucks. One thought here could be. There were some stipulations in there, aside from getting uh, Bruce Arians out as head coach, that, you know, maybe I can just take this time during the certain period to go spend with my family, which feels weird. I don't think so. Like, there's no way that this was part of it, right? Like, this, there's no. There's just That just wouldn't be it. He would have stayed... He would have stayed away from all the offseason stuff too, though, right? Like that that's the time that you stay away. That's the Brett Favre. That's the Aaron Rodgers. You just don't come to that stuff. Maybe Brady did the offseason stuff to continue to spite Rodgers and then took time off when he actually should be there, which is training camp. I'm sorry, but like it doesn't make a ton of sense to leave training camp at this point. Other unless there's something wrong, right? Yeah. Uh, unless something is going on and it's personal, so we're, you know, all we can do is speculate because no one's going to actually come out and say, and, and a lot of people are probably like, why are you speculating about this stuff? Well, because it's what we do. And, and it's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady, and he's in the public eye, and, and uh, he gets he has to own this type of stuff. It's definitely something going on with Giselle, right? That could be a good thought there. I mean, it definitely is. There's something going on there. Yeah. You don't leave training camp. You don't leave in the middle of training camp for personal reasons like, uh, if there's not something serious going on. Counterpoint. And, and his family's all healthy, right? That's what that's what that's what Rappaport, Rappaport said. said. I don't know. We'll see if that's accurate or not. But family's healthy, so I'm not. Uh, there's nothing there. So it's got to be something else. It's got to be something else going on. Counterpoint. In the last two weeks, the Bucks lost their starting center Ryan Jensen, who went down with a significant injury. Then they they had another guy come in and play center who was doing well, and he went down. It did not end up being significant. He had bad cramps, but everybody <laughs> kind of freaked out that they just lost their starting and backup center. After, like, the interior of their offensive line does not look great. Maybe he's he, he's a little frightened by what could be coming up the middle. Counterpoint, it's Tom Brady. He gets the ball out of his hands like in, three, in like two seconds anyways. I, I don't mean to go back against that point as well, but he doesn't have James White anymore. No, There's, he's got Giovanni Bernard instead. <laughs> which, funny, funny how all that yeah, ends all up that working work, out. Yeah, no, I don't. Honestly, I don't think it's football related. I think it's 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 personal. There's there's something going on there. Wife stuff. There, I, I don't, hey, maybe. Huh. Maybe wife stuff. I like you don't leave training camp in the middle in the middle of things unless there's something seriously going on. Could you imagine what Wisconsin radio and everybody would be saying if Rogers did this? And and, and you know who would get blamed for it? Blue. Uh. Blue. <laughs> Blue would get blamed for it. No, they would blame Danica Patrick. Why? I don't know, because that's where the ayahuasca thing started. With her? Apparently, I don't know that. Either way, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, Ebo here has made that very apparent that it did not start with Shailene Woodley. 
Oh no, he, she she's just the one. Yeah, she's. Getting, yeah, I don't want to get into the weird stuff with her. She's, <laughs> his, uh, well, I'll say this: his girlfriends have gotten weirder. Like as he's grown older, they've gotten weirder. And can, can we agree with that? I mean, like the most normal one was in terms of like his celebrity girlfriends that we know yeah. about. Like the most most normal one was the first one, and then Danica Patrick's a little bit different. Shailene Woodley definitely different, and this blue one, yeah, by far the most different. Other NFL news going around quickly. The headlines today. Uh, speaking of weird, in a way, uh, more uh, perverted. Deshaun Watson is <laughs> Jesus, <man. laughs> starting. Yikes! The preseason game allegedly at this point. They're, yes. they're trying to force his hand. They're trying to force their hand to make the suspension go or not. Like they want a decision, and so you, you're putting him out there, trying to force a decision right now so that he's not out there when they when they're on the field tomorrow Goodell has said that he wants to give him a year and it's one of those deals I saw this brought up very smart that I mean Watson doesn't make any money on his salary this year any real NFL money the 45 44 million a year kicks in next season so if he appeals if the NFL brings down a year and he appeals and plays through it which I don't know if he can I don't think he can no but then if the suspension has to be served next season, that's when all the money starts to get lost. So that could just be a, I'm going to do the suspension and then start playing after. But that would be what, four years since he had last played? No. Three? If he doesn't play this season? He didn't play last year, and if you don't play this year. He played the year before. Okay. Three years. It'll have been, yes. In between playing. which Right, like he played in the 2020 season. His next season would be 2023. I don't know what that looks like in terms of how effective he'll be. That's a long time off. It's not like he hasn't been playing football. He just hasn't been playing. Like he practiced last year. Right. He just didn't play. Which is, yeah, it was a weird situation. Uh, The other. Did he he practice last year? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. They just held him out with all the stuff going on. Uh, Mac Jones, the rest of the Patriots starters are sitting their preseason game. That could bring up a conversation. I, I assume in New England about what preseason can do for young guys. Not a conversation that really affects us at this point because Jordan Love is playing with Rodgers out on Friday. Uh, and that's really it. Aside from that, it's just we're we're pretty much back to football. Back to football. Deshaun Watson also missed 2017 season with the torn ACL. So he, he played 18, 19, 20, didn't play 21, didn't play. Well, there's no way he plays this year. He's it really not, doesn't feel like he will. No. The NFL is going to get what it wants. The, the the guy that's handling the appeal is essentially just a, a fill-in for Roger Goodell. So he's he's going to get the year. He's got to live with it. It would, and, and the Browns are hoping come next year he's the Deshaun Watson of uh, of his early time. Which is, I mean, that whole franchise is a joke. <clears throat> I uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett will likely be their starter in in that whole situation. I I don't know. I mean, I would I would love for him never to play again. That would be my ideal scenario. Really? But him playing this preseason week one is kind of interesting if he's then not going to play in the regular season. Do you think it's them forcing? Yes. How, how would that be? Because the NFL, the NFL sees him out want, on the field. The NFL doesn't want him out on the field. Right. So it forces their hand to make a decision uh, on the appeal. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I I really just, I was taken aback by the fact that he was and tried to process it. That makes sense. Yeah, that's the only thing. I, I mean, that's it makes sense. Yeah, we'll see if it works. Interesting. I mean, I guess it's 
after all we went through last season with the Rodgers stuff, uh, definitely welcome that this year. It's just a, the, the question we're asking is, can Jordan Love play? Yeah. It's no off the field. Will Rodgers show up and all that crap? You mentioned Jimmy or you mentioned um, Jacoby Brissett as their as their as the Browns guy. Apparently looking at Jimmy Garoppolo. Ooh, which would <laughs> I mean, sub him in for Baker. That's yeah. a that's an interesting musical well, chairs. What are you expecting out of Jordan Love tomorrow? Uh, I'm going to answer that next. We have to hit break. Okay. I, I will tell you what I'm expecting, and I'll tell you what my reaction will be if I see it. We'll talk about it coming up, and as we go into the 1 o'clock hour, I'm Ben Kenny. He's Zach Heilprin. We're in for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are headed to California today where they'll face the 49ers tomorrow night in their first game of the preseason. The Packers' offensive line right now is very young while their defensive front is in the prime of their careers. I asked left guard John Runyon if that makes it a challenge for them during training camp. Yeah, uh, we, we know the line that we're going out with right now, we're, we're really young and um, this whole camp going against uh, you know the front that we have, you know, the, the guys you got pressing, Michelle. Sean, Kenny, Dean, uh, you know, Dre backing them up, and they got Quay. Quay's a really athletic linebacker, you know. Uh, they're really good, and, you know, they're making us better, and, you know, we've had some growing pains up front, and I think these past few practices, uh, we've seen uh, really big strides in our group up front, and hopefully we're able to keep that going. With David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins still out, GM Brian Gutekinst was asked if the Packers are thinking about signing a veteran offensive tackle off the street. We do have, you know, two significant players, you know, that haven't been out there that will be coming back. I think as we've gone the past few years, that really it hasn't been like that. So, we'll, you know, if there's opportunities out there that we think we can help us, we're going to we're certainly going to look at that. But um, nothing imminent. The Packers are short at running back and won't play Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon tomorrow night against the 49ers. So they re-signed 25-year-old Dexter Williams, who they drafted out of Notre Dame in the sixth round back in 2019, Matt LaFleur. It's always cool to see a guy not only take the coaching, but you just see him evolve and mature as a player, as a person. And I think he was... One of our hardest workers on our team. Just you, you can always count on Dex, given maximum effort. So it was it was great to see him back here, and I'm excited for him. That's Packers head coach Matt Lafleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back in. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Up against the top of the hour. When when we return. One full hour left. What do we expect to see from Jordan Love tomorrow night against San Francisco? Against the ones of San Francisco? Sounds like some we're going to play. Which I'm happy about. It's good uh, to see him out there against a real or close to real NFL defense, NFL players. Not with them showing their whole hand, but with the real guys out there. I'll tell you what I expect to see when we come back. I'll tell you what my reaction will be to it as well continue to talk about it also coming up who are the most important names when we talk about the quest to win the nl central the big 10 west and the nfc north for the packers the badgers and the brewers whether they're on their team whether they're not we'll hit on that as well it's ben kenny zach howard in for bill michaels the bill michaels show podcast listen rate subscribe